Welcome to the Excellence in Enterprise podcast, where I reach out to people I do not know, engage with friends, all for the purpose of learning about them, learning about what they care about, why they care about what they're doing, what they're engaged with from across multiple different industries and multiple different vantage points and viewpoints, all for the purpose of increasing my personal knowledge and kind of thinking outside the box when it comes to my work, my professional career. I want to draw from those sources and I thought you might be interested in hearing as well. So I hope you will join me on this journey. You can find me on YouTube, on Spotify, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Feel free to reach out anytime. I'd love to engage with you. And I hope you enjoy this podcast interview um, engagement journey with me. Welcome to episode number three with Melody Foulon. It's been pretty uh, an awesome journey that I've been on with her. And we actually originally met because when I was starting Chosen Candle, I was looking for a graphic designer. And the one that I had worked with in the past at a previous company said, hey, I've got a different gig going on. I'm not available, but I know of this individual named Melody. So you should try and reach out. And I said, okay, sounds good. And the issue that I had was I only had about two weeks in total to turn around a design. I say I, we, uh, my partner and I only had about two weeks to turn around the design. And I noticed on Melody's website that normally she wanted at least three weeks advance, like notice to start, let alone complete something. <laughs> and so I was a little trepidatious, but I reached out to Melody and it turned out that she had kind of just the perfect amount of time slot available and was willing to work with us. And so that's how the current logo design and everything for Chosen Candle came into being. Um, and so through that process, got to interact with Melody a fair bit and obviously got to interact with her branding and her design and kind of thought process behind that, which was, which was really cool to walk through. And I thought that she'd be a really awesome uh, opportunity to kind of share with you guys someone from a branding and design background and then also from a person who's running their own business uh, own small business uh, doing that so that's kind of how um, or why i think it's super interesting to, to connect with you and if uh, you don't mind i'd love to start with just giving a general background like you know where you grew up where you went to school why you went to school uh, and then how you ended up kind of where you're at now yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's really exciting to be an early guest. And um, I was really flattered that you reached out to me. I've, I'm always a little nervous talking about myself, but I was excited to kind of dive into this having worked with you before. And it was so much fun working on your project. So um, thanks again for reaching out about that. And now we have this cool connection. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my story is um, pretty, there's not much exciting, but I can kind of go back into my history a little bit. I was born in New Hampshire. I grew up here. I moved away for a few years when I was 19 and I lived in Northwest Arkansas for a couple years doing a discipleship program. Um, so that was really fun and a good way to stretch myself. Um, I was homeschooled for all 12 years and really wanted to challenge myself and see, can I handle myself kind of out in the real world? Um, I wasn't sure kind of where I was going with school. Um, the cost of college alone really turned me off. And without having a clear direction, I decided to kind of hold off a little bit, work, save up, decide where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Um, and so I just worked for five years. I worked in a bookstore. I worked in a library. I worked in a gift shop at an art museum. And so that kind of all shaped um, my interests and I brought my interests to those jobs. And um, I've always been really creative. I did very basic graphic design at all of those jobs. They would eventually find out that I was creative in that capacity and ask, can you make a poster for this event? Can you manage our social media? Can you do the email? newsletter, stuff like that. So um, that wasn't ever anything that I really started to learn formally until I moved back to New Hampshire and started working full-time at a library. Um, from there, I decided to go back to school. I 
got my bachelor's online while working full time. Do not recommend <laughs> that approach. <laughs> zero social life, zero energy, but it worked out. It was fine. Um, so I started out as a marketing major, quickly realized I am not a numbers person and decided to switch to graphic design as my major. Um, and before I graduated, I found myself getting clients just through word of mouth. Um, people liked my style and wanted to give me experience, which is really nice. Um, so as soon as I graduated, I really started applying myself toward getting clients and kind of moving into the branding side of graphic design. So that's kind of a very small, small snippet of uh, where I came from and how I kind of got to what I'm doing now. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I'd like to go back and start with, it seems like kind of one of the first big moves for you in your life was this discipleship program. And I'm kind of in terms of like, you're moving away. Arkansas is not where people normally think of moving to. Uh, so I'm curious how looking back on that, that part of your life, was and or is there anything from it that you feel like substantively impacted the way that you think your perspective on on life not necessarily even that you were pulling from the specific content necessarily uh from what was in the program but more that aspect of your journey so to speak absolutely um moving away i mean growing up in new hampshire new england is a very specific place to live. So you've got your community, you've got the people you've grown up with. Um, it We always kind of say it's harder to make friends here, but once you have made friends, they're friends for life. Um, we're also very can-do, very hard workers, um, and very stubborn and kind of tough. Um, so moving to Northwest Arkansas, that's where the University of Arkansas is. I have a cousin who moved there and um, got married, so she lives there. Um, so I did have a little bit of a family connection. It wasn't kind of out of the blue Arkansas, but it was a little bit. Um, so that whole experience really brought me out of my shell of New England living, being homeschooled, having a really small kind of horizon. Um, so moving down there and getting to know a whole other basically culture of people um, experiencing life in a different area of the country. Um, learning that the work ethic is very different there. Um, one kind of example would be working at this gift shop. I would finish my tasks in record time and they would be like, <laughs> all right, we didn't really mean for that to happen. We don't have anything else for you to do. So just don't worry about it. And for me, that was really hard to like go about life at a different pace and know that it was okay. So that was, that was interesting. Um, but really interacting with all different kinds of people getting to know um, other ways of life and realizing, oh, not everyone thinks the same way I do. And learning how to relate to people who don't think the same way, I think is huge. And um, I would recommend everyone leave the place that they grew up for at least a little while and experience life kind of from the other side. And I find that that really shapes how you connect with people for the rest of your life and really brings a new level of empathy toward the way that you connect with people who are very different from you. Um, it's definitely, definitely beneficial. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Did any of your experience there through that process, did it feed into your path to starting your own business and doing your own, you know, graphic design and things like that? And was it any, was there anything business related to that experience that you drew from, or was it more uh, emotional and personal mentality? It was definitely a blend of both. Um, but yes, I did actually do a very short internship, a graphic design internship randomly with a kind of a big church down there that it was big enough to have a graphic design department. So that was fun. Um, but kind of getting to learn the ins and outs of the programs at that time and seeing how different projects were managed kind of behind the scenes. And even though it was for a church, a lot of the, um, a lot of the work was the same and everything kind of went through the same channels as it would with a design agency. So learning how to interact with people requesting specific things, learning how to kind of understand where someone was coming from 
and kind of decode their um, requests, if that makes sense, because a designer has yep. a different <laughs> language than a person who doesn't understand the design world. So um, that fed into, that kind of started my interest in maybe I could do this someday, maybe, but it was a few years before I came back to that and really um, started to pursue that as a career. At that time, it was more a, this could be fun. Let's try this out and see where it goes. Can I handle this? Maybe. Um, and I was also at the same time running a little bit of a side business with, um, I forgot to mention my yarn obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there was a time when I designed and sold knit patterns. So that was a big part of my life at that time. So kind of learning how to run a business from behind the scenes also fit into what I'm doing now. There's, there's nothing like kind of just having to get your hands in there and do it. So uh, and with doing chosen candle, I can understand. <laughs> uh, it's been interesting. Okay. How did you go about learning the skill sets associated with graphic design and i keep in mind for everybody listening i i am not creative in the slightest i i i'm good at division stuff like i know what i feel like it should look like but that's where the buck stops for me and so i'm curious you know i think there's always an element to a creative personality having a creative flair to how they see the world and how they interact with the world and that's something that I value a lot because it's a different way of interacting with the world than I am. But I'm curious, that's obviously not everything. So how did you go about this process of developing, you know, learning the skill sets and engaging with the content and taking on clients when I assume that you, you know, may or may not have been in circumstances where you always knew what program you needed to do or what to do with the program that you needed to create what they were looking for? Right. So kind of starting from, I guess, the beginning there, um, the design world is extremely vast and there are a lot of different disciplines within the design world. So it can be a little overwhelming when you start. And for me, it was overwhelming. It was like, okay, I could go in all different kinds of directions here. I could be, I could work for a publishing company and be a book cover designer. I could be an illustrator. I could be a web designer. I could be a UX designer, which is user experience, where um, they're the ones who are behind the scenes creating the experiences of different apps and things. There are just so many layers and levels that I haven't even dug into quite yet myself. Um, but the idea of telling a story through design really spoke to me. And that's kind of where branding came in and the idea of maybe doing branding design. Um, and so in order to learn those skills of bringing someone's business vision to life and helping a business appear cohesively across various platforms and be able to tell their story of what they do and reach the clients that they need, that, that was something that I started looking at as, oh, okay, I could, maybe I could do this and I could learn, I could learn the skills that it would take. Um, and I'm just going to say right now, you do not need a degree to be a graphic designer <laughs> for all everyone listening. It's not necessary. Don't, you don't need to spend the money. However, um, if you, if you need to learn self-discipline, if there are other interests that you have, college is great. But for the most part, I learned almost every skill, every graphic design skill from Google. I'm just going to say that with no shame. I've, I've come to terms with it. <laughs> That's good. Um, no, it's yeah. you got to be a pioneer in your own way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so a lot of trial and error, a lot of YouTube tutorials, a lot of other designers um, forging the path before I did and being kind enough to teach others their ways was a big, a big part of that journey for sure. Gotcha. Okay. So when you were, you know, taking that process and applying it to the kind of your, the business component of your world as you were starting out, I'm curious, one of the things you mentioned was going about getting clients. And obviously the word of mouth thing worked for me to be able to get connected to you, even though it was obviously through a, a, a different designer. Uh, but I'm curious how, what does the business development process look like for for someone in your position, because other than word of mouth, like, is there stuff that you can do? And then what is it? And how do you go about it? 
absolutely. So depending on, it all depends on what your goals are. Um, if you're looking to really dive in full time, you're going to want to kind of dive into, um, you want to use Google, you want to use search words, you want to invest in online advertising. Um, you definitely want to join local business groups um, and get your name out there that way going into local businesses. And um, for me, there's a cafe in town that is really good at kind of spreading the word um, for different small businesses. Um, so for me, my goal, I eventually would like to go full-time with this, but as of right now, it's definitely a side job. So I'm, I will say I'm not putting everything I could be putting into finding clients. Um, and so far word of mouth has been probably the number one way that I have found clients. And that was from, again, joining a, um, a Facebook group of local business owners, um, a lot of vendors, a lot of photographers, a lot of um, I don't, event planners, things like that. Um, so that's really helped kind of spread the word. Once you work for one of those people, they will then go and share, you know, oh, I had my, my brand designed by this person and that kind of gets the ball rolling. Um, and another way is definitely through social media and depending on the type of work that you do. My work is very visual, so it makes sense to be using Instagram to kind of share what I'm doing visually and show people um, concrete examples of my work. Um, but I would say there's a lot more I could be doing and it all it's limited by um, time. It's limited by uh, overhead. It's definitely limited by um, knowledge, I'm still learning the ins and outs of marketing myself, um, my services and everything. So I guess I'll just say it's a process that I'm kind of learning as I go. Sure. So I'm curious, what uh, what is the job that you do in addition to, to this? Yeah, so I work for a local yarn company in Western New Hampshire. They are actually, they own one of the last wool mills in the country. Wow. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. They have all, all of the equipment in this mill is old. So they're constantly repairing it. They're constantly sourcing old parts to repair this machinery because it's not done anymore. So um, they spin raw wool into yarn and then go ahead and sell it. They also sell a lot of craft kits for kids and um, they offer classes at their little um, store location there. So I work in the offices out there a couple of times a week and then I work from home for them also. Um, so that job is also graphic design related. Um, I am a graphic design coordinator for them, which just means I do everything graphic design and marketing related. <laughs> gotcha, okay. So, um, yeah. what, has, what has been the learning process going working with them like what are the different elements that you've had to tackle and learn i assume more or less on your own but i'm i'm curious about that yeah um my i'm i'm really lucky enough to have a boss who is very perceptive and was willing to grow with me i started out as a customer service representative there and i was the one just answering the phone for people um but he he got he gets to know each of the employees personally and so he knew what my interests were. He knew what I was going to school for. Um, so as soon as I graduated, he offered me a job in the creative department and sent me to work rebranding one of the yarn lines that they carry. So that was my first big professional rebrand experience, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> gotcha. um, so I got the iMac and I got all these fun tools to start playing with. And since my background is with yarn, it was a lot of fun to um, put that knowledge to work as well. So it's really been the perfect fit. Gotcha. Well, that's, Hey, that's, that's always good to hear. <laughs> so f going back to your design, uh, I guess company relative to the, the marketing and whatnot, one of the things, you know, obviously I follow you on Instagram and, um, you know, I'll interact with stuff that you post here and there where I can, I, you know, it's, I can only do so much as a, a person who's not very creative, <laughs> but you know, one of the things that I've noticed is your little stickers. And so I'm curious about that specifically because I don't understand the appeal at all as someone who is, uh, not doing in that anything in that field and not creative. 
Um, so, and, and, and you're not the only person I see that, that has these little, like people have buttons and stickers and all kinds <laughs> of little stuff. So I want you to tell me what the, what the appeal is and what people love about them <laughs> for my own okay. Uh, knowledge growth. <laughs> okay. So they, the collective, they, the experts in my field tell you, uh, it's a good idea to have multiple streams of revenue. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I have been looking for ways to, I guess, offer a more tangible side of what I'm doing. I mean, honestly, it is also just having a really hard time sometimes deciding between paths to take. Um, but I, I really like the idea of having a tangible side to my business and having something concrete that people, so there may be people who follow me or who have started following me who aren't really in the market for a brand designer, but, oh, they love plants or they love supporting local artists. And I am also an artist. And so um, they may want to invest in a print from someone who um, whose style they enjoy. So that's definitely a niche market that you're clearly not a part of, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I've tried, no, I've tried to get it. And it's like, I don't, I don't, it's, I, I don't understand right. it. <laughs> so I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're able to tell me what, where where people are coming from. Um, it's just a different. It's another form of revenue, and so I have seen other brand designers do this. With um, they'll teach courses, um, they'll offer templates for sale for fellow designers. They'll offer one-on-one um, -on -one coaching classes for other designers, and that's kind of how they make other streams of revenue and that's how they have income that is more steady rather than kind of project by project so sure. i'm kind of trying to do that a little bit just in on a smaller scale where it's something that um maybe a quicker form of income but income that um kind of goes toward funding the art side of what i do so <laughs> gotcha no it makes sense what for you is the trade-off between spending time on doing little designs and little things like that for the sake of creating and even just working through the process of having multiple revenue streams versus putting time and effort into like finding new clients and things like that for you, for you, what is your process like in deciding that, uh, deciding on that choice? Right. Like where to put my energy. Yeah. Um, I would say it comes from, still working a real job, if you will, quote unquote, real job. And hey, having, if there's money being sent to you and you're doing something, then my computer went to sleep, um, putting, having to kind of put my energy, creative energy into this job four days a week and um, kind of coming up with ideas for them and having my brain, that side of my brain turned on quite a bit takes away a lot of energy from, I guess, the administrative side of my own business and the drive to really push and grow and find new clients. And so I find myself looking for ways to indulge the creative side that I don't really get to indulge at work. It's like a different, a different kind of creativity. And so I come home and I want to unwind and draw. And then that kind of becomes an idea of, oh, I'll, I'll make a print and I'll sell the print or I'll make these stickers and sell them. And it's not something that's a lot of, it's a low pressure creative activity and the same with weaving, the same with knitting. Um, that's just something that kind of is a creative thing I can do and there's no pressure. Um, I do hope at some point to be able to cut some hours at my day job and start really investing in growing my own design business. But again, it's a process and I'm really, I've gone through the stages of, oh, I'm not doing enough. And I see all these other people who are growing at much faster rates, or it seems like they're doing super well, but I'm learning to give myself grace and not worry when I don't have it all together and um, just make sure that I'm kind of taking the steps slowly and not worry so much about the fact that maybe everything's not coming together as quickly as I wanted. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. And even going through, even, even just when thinking about like different steps in my career pathing and all the different moments where even if it's, I'm at a job that I enjoy and I want to move faster within that job, or I feel like I'm not being utilized or, you know, that 
particular project that I need to work on is boring as heck, right? It's uh, having to maintain, I think, a a wise and I think mature equilibrium in my mindset of understanding that progress is being made, even if it doesn't always feel tangible and doesn't always look as tangible. Mm. And that's what I try and with chosen, like that's what I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to blow it up overnight and have this huge thing, but I do want to see, you know, month over month growth. And if we don't have month over month growth, then maybe every other month I want to see growth, right. And trying to create reasonable metrics that fit with the time and the money and all the other stuff that I'm putting into growing it, um, with, you know, with the, the team that I work with now and that, but I feel like having set, creating those stepping stones for yourself and then adjusting them as needed helps keep you positive. Cause that's the other thing is if you're not, in my opinion, if you're not maintaining like a positive outlook, then you end up not making, you actually end up making not, you know, zero progress and you don't enjoy what you are doing or what you should be doing or could be doing. So, mm. um, so I love that that's, you know, that's where you're coming from. Do you sell your stickers and prints and things like that on Etsy or do you sell them directly through your own website? Uh, both. I am trying to move away from Etsy. They went public a few years ago and all the makers and individual artists were like, oh no. Um, <laughs> but I, I have a little print shop section on my website that I'm selling those through. Um, so just kind of creating that little, like, oh, if you're not here for branding services, maybe you're interested in some little plant stickers. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And then one of the other things I was curious about was, um, was like Pinterest. So again, as a non-creative, I know nothing about Pinterest and it feels super, super overwhelming, but I have an account so that I could, uh, you know, save random candle pictures so I could send to you and other people for, for the different ideas I was having. <laughs> um, but beyond that, it seems overwhelming and crazy to me, but I know that it's, there's like a serious draw and there's serious engagement and impressions that take place um, on, on Pinterest. So like, do you engage with that at all? Is that something you've explored? Absolutely. Yeah. I randomly had a huge, um, a huge explosion of growth as far as uh, viewers and followers over there this past year. Uh, most of it was from a weaving video that I posted, but um, I actually do see people coming to my website through um, any pins that I post with branding tips or the blog posts that I have. Um, Pinterest is, if you have the, the mind space and the brain power, it is a really great tool to invest in as far as getting traffic to a website and getting more eyes on something visually. Um, there's maybe less, I would say, pressure to, um, it's not like other forms of social media where there's kind of a little bit of pressure to have a hot take on something or um, say something specific, you can just post a picture and no one really cares. And um, I would say it's different where you, you don't really have a community on Pinterest. It's more mm. kind of seeing it in the moment. Um, so I've been investing in that a lot um, in the job that I'm working and for my own business. And I've seen it, it is very beneficial. Um, I haven't put any money into it yet, but it doesn't seem that I'll need to for a little bit, which is good. Um, and I also have found it useful for within the branding projects. Um, I, I remember you, you did have, you did send some ideas just as far as labeling and things for the candles, but I will use it with um, clients and I'll have them build a board of, you know, what does your business look like visually? So an example would be um, a girl I worked with over the summer is starting a little kind of handmade quilt side business. And so she, even though quilts might seem kind of just their own thing, I guess, within the quilting world, there are different styles. I don't really know anything about quilting at all. Um, but she was very like, I want my quilts to make people feel um, adventurous. And I want them to evoke a sense of family and belonging and security. And so she kind of pulled together all these images that kind of um, described that. And so I pulled from that and used those to inspire my design work for her logo. So Pinterest is kind of just, it's a good resource for putting together a lot of images that will um, create a theme from people to work with. And that's, that's where I've found it to be useful. Interesting. That's super cool that you've gotten some organic growth and activity 
um, by being on there. That's super encouraging. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I might, we, we might reach out and ask if you have any tips, um, yeah. or no, actually I'm going to ask you right now, if you have like your top two tips, um, you know, for someone who's kind of doesn't know what they're doing, right. What, what, what would your like top two tips be? Top two tips. Uh, oof. all right. Pressure. Um, <laughs> be organized. So you've already been on there a little bit, any boards that you make. Um, if you were, going to invest in Pinterest for maybe chosen candles specifically, um, whatever topics that you would kind of build a board around, you want to make sure they pertain to either um, your line of business in particular, or um, the causes that you're supporting through um, the sales and kind of um, what are some other things you could do. Um, you're, you want to reach out to your target client. So you want to pin things that your client will care about. Um, so that would, I guess, be one tip. Um, the second tip would be, I guess you're supposed to pin multiple times a day. I try to, uh, maybe setting a realistic goal of pinning like 10 times a week. They do track, I think, um, they track consistency. So mm. I guess that would be tip two. <laughs> no, that's a good one. And on the consistency point, that's something I've heard almost on regardless of the platform um, that I've run into, whether it's medium and writing on medium, whether it's posting on YouTube. So it makes sense that, and same with Etsy, it makes sense that um, Pinterest would kind of fall into that same boat in terms of how their algorithm rewards um, activity. Um, mm -hmm. So that's super interesting. When you are engaging with brand design and going through that process, how much of your or how much of the work and the idea creation ideation behind a project is coming from you and your natural perspectives your natural feelings things like that and then how much of that is being uh, driven by the client right and the reason that I'm asking that is like when I think of Chosen Candle, I think our branding and our overall aesthetic and things like that fit with the general Melody Fulon design that uh, aesthetic that I see, right? And then some of the other components like the little plant stickers, right? The, you know, even the quilting thing, like I totally see like, again, how that can feed into it. And so I'm gonna preface that by saying, at the same time, I know that you're constantly pushing yourself with different random design ideas that you have to try and push yourself out of your comfort zone relative to the creation. But before we get to that, um, I'm asking specifically, like, how do you, you know, what is the combination of your creation, creativity, your thoughts and feelings versus the, the clients and what those may or may not be? Mm. So I always try to keep the balance pretty even. Um, the client feeds into the design side quite a bit. So um, when we interacted, there's always a consultation process. Um, so I always try to talk with the client, either face-to-face, -face, phone call, video chat, whatever it is, and get a feeling for what they're actually looking for. Um, and I also have a brand questionnaire that um, depending on the project, the client may not need to fill out the entire thing, but that has several questions in there that really go into um, feeding what my final product is gonna look like. And so I, that's a really valuable document for me. I refer to it throughout the entire process. Um, but for the most part, most of the clients who have hired me have hired me for my style. And so they kind of have an idea of what I'm gonna come up with. Um, and so they already have some expectation of what the design is going to look like. Um, obviously not like the full final design, but they know what my style is. And that's most of the reason that they hired me. Um, and so a lot of the, a lot of the design work, I would say is definitely fueled by the client. And then from where I, my perspective of, oh, okay, so they're, this is their, the vision behind their business. So this element would work really well with that. So for, I'll go back to the quilt lady again. Um, she is really excited about um, something in her mind was like a visual element of people around a campfire with the quilts and like a dog and family and traveling and things like that. And so she I had- I want that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, who doesn't want that? 
So um, I thought, okay, so I'll take that and part of her logo will kind of evoke a mountain and it will have a very rough triangle that kind of pulls a mountain. And then we'll have, um, she said, you know, the name of my business means brotherhood. It means peace. It means community. Um, so I took like an olive branch and kind of worked that in. So that's kind of how that give and take works where I, I really try to take what the client is looking at. I take their, their business name and, um, their goals really, and try to tell that story visually. Gotcha. Okay. And how, trying to think of how to, how to phrase this question, um, most efficaciously. So when you are going through the process and you are engaging with the client back and forth and what it, well, first of all, before that, I, I want to, I want to ask, is it, is it normal that clients engage with a brand design based on the aesthetic of the designer themselves? Is that like a normal draw or is that something that's like unique to you and your branding and your, your contacts? I would say, well, in my experience, it's been normal. And I suppose it depends on the type of business that's looking to hire a brand designer. So I've only worked with smaller businesses, with startups, um, with local businesses. And so their perspective is very organic and their perspective is very visually based. And so maybe a bigger corporation will look at it differently and not hire someone based on their visuals. They might hire someone based on um, their qualifications or their, their past experiences working with other big companies. Um, I hope that answers. I'm kind of going off the track here and I forget what you asked. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were totally answering the question. Um, okay. and I was just, I was just curious cause that's, it's uh, an interesting, I, I think it makes sense as I'm listening to you and thinking about it, it makes it, I, at first it struck me as like, well, hey, how does the, you know, how are they not limiting themselves to brand design options if they're just going with the, you know, the aesthetic of the designer. But as I was thinking about it, it's like, well, if you think about photography, you know, people go based off of what they do and don't like about what the photographer has and their style um, on, you know, their Instagram page or whatever, right. And their portfolio. Mm -hmm. So I, it totally, once I thought about that, it's like, oh, okay. I totally see how those two contexts um, are, can be equated and that makes sense. Um, so I got lucky, <laughs> uh, the, to, to get connected with you and have it be, uh, similar. So the, the, the next piece that I wanted to ask about was the, how you go about kind of stretching your creativity and essentially stretching your, you know, even your design aesthetic in some ways, like in, and for instance, I know one of the ones, which I actually thought was a real business or uh, was the woodworking one. Uh, and I got super excited. I was like, that's super dope. And I was like, Oh wait, it's fake news. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> how do you, and you know, when that woodworking business design is kind of a, it's a warm woody color. It's like a cedar wood type color and whatnot. Uh, but I'm curious how, what is the difference between stretching yourself aesthetically and the difference between stretching yourself like almost creativity uh, in creativity relative to a, a brand design, if that makes sense. Like how do you end up not having them all have the same shade of warm, mellow coloring, right? Or like, how do you strike that balance and, and how do you stretch yourself while at the same time staying true, apparently to your personal um, aesthetic branding as a, as a designer? That's a great question. And it's definitely one that I'm still figuring out the answer to myself. But I kind of a big reason for that was this past year, I kind of found myself getting stuck a little bit in not not really a rut, but kind of a groove of designing all of the same type of thing. I noticed that there I mean, there are like with everything, there are trends. And so the people I worked with wanted very, very specific styles. And I was bringing my own flavor to those styles, but kind of realized, okay, I, I really want to dig into this work more. And I don't want to limit myself to the clean minimalist style so much, like as much. And I, I st do still appreciate it. And I do still incorporate that. But 
um, I wanted to stretch myself and really dig into more of a almost a hand-drawn or historic or um, like those old advertisements from the 20s. Those I find really fascinating. They were just, those were incredible. Um, so I started looking at what other brands were doing and there's a really cool brand called 1924 Us or US, not sure yet, I think it's Us. Um, and this is a guy who he's an American, but he lives over in Australia. And his branding process is right up until the very end, it is completely by hand. So he'll just sketch out every element. He does all the hand drawing components himself. Um, and it's really rustic and really cool um, and very physical and tangible. And I'm like, oh, I really want to do more of that. So I'm starting to is, kind is of- he, Is he a designer or is he building things? He is everything. Um, he's, he's a designer, he's a photographer. He owns almost like a general store type of business. Um, he wears suspenders. I don't know. <laughs> he's cool. <laughs> um, but he and his wife are, um, they're the kind of creative that I wish my life could look like. Uh, but I'll just have to settle for what I have right now, which is pretty awesome. But his style is, really influenced me up toward the end of last year where I was kind of thinking, okay, I think I want to move toward not necessarily that exact style, but I love the idea of incorporating more of a hand-drawn more of a historically, um, a history inspired way of designing. Um, and so I started looking at, okay, what are some projects I can work on that I can start incorporating these different ways of doing things. And so the first one was very clean and minimal. It was that skincare brand that was, um, not real. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, so um, all the people that have unclear people. skin got disappointed. <laughs> so sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> the woodworking one i had someone else uh, a current client actually be like oh so cool you're working with a, a woodworker and I'm like no i should have been more clear it's, it's a <laughs> you need like a stamp that's like fake not real yeah a giant <laughs> stamp um but and this is a this is a free tip that i'll just throw in there for all the other brand designers out there and one that i learned from another brand designer is design for the company you want to work for even if you aren't working for this. So if, if you want to work for a woodworker, design a woodworking brand and put it out there and start following woodworkers and engaging with their stuff and being interested in what they're doing. Um, and that could very well end up being the next person who hires you. Um, and a really a cool story is the skincare brand. Someone reached out to me after seeing that and said, hey, I'm a photographer, a product photographer. I'm working with um, someone who has a skincare company and they're looking to rebrand, can I give them your name? I was like, all right, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a big reason. Um, one of the big reasons that I'm doing these projects is not only to stretch myself creatively, but to potentially gain new clients. That's an awesome story. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> and at, you know, listening at the, the connections in my mind is like, you know, how many times have people said, well, dress for success, dress for the job you want, you know, uh, things like that, spend your time right. on the things that you want to, you know, achieve. And so it makes sense that it would, uh, connect in the different world of brand design. Um, and yeah, that's such exactly. a cool, tangible story that you have already, um, going through that. And I, on Instagram a few days ago, maybe it was, maybe it was last week, but you posted like, Hey, what should I do next? And there was like a few different options. And I picked the outdoor or gardening, or I think it was like an outdoors option. Um, because I felt like that was the, the first of the ones listed, that was the furthest from what you do. And so that's why I was like, curious about like, you know, when it comes to challenging yourself, is there such a thing as picking something that has nothing to do with, you know, who your current branding is today and like kind of a random uh, or not random, I mean, very directed or connected component thought that I would, I've been having. So one of the industries that I'm, you know, researching and looking into from a business uh, standpoint is esports, right? Which has nothing to do with, um, you know, candle making or things like that. But one of the things that I thought about, I was like, I wonder what it would be like to say, hey, there's an esports brand, you know, is that something that like Melody could design to, right, or design for like completely, obviously not, you know, very quilty 
uh, by the fire. <laughs> and um, so, and that's where I was, you know, so that's where like someone who has, has worked with you before loves what you're doing and has other interests and stuff like that's where my brain is always running. I mean, almost no matter who I interact with is, you know, what, uh, you know, how, how could they be connected to this thing I'm working on? How could I, you know, what would a connection in this realm look like? And so it's a, uh, it's super interesting to, to hear what that, to hear you trying to go through that on your person on the personal side of things and you know what you're you know when you're not working to some extent or another it sounds like the things that you do and obviously a little bit of behind the scenes from from following you but a little bit of what you do with your personal time and things like that like the weaving and the drawing and whatnot is part of what you do to enjoy and relax and kind of personally uh, find fulfillment and, and and relaxation. Are there any other things in addition to that? And is there anything that you do that is not in some way connected to um, connected to, you know, your business endeavors and in the designing and graphic uh, graphic design aspects of your time? Yeah. Um, finding time for other things has been difficult. And obviously we're all a little bit limited right now, just as far as um, what you can do. Um, but I guess on the personal side, other things that I enjoy doing um, are hiking and um, I'm not a crazy hiker. I have friends who are bagging all the peaks in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's not me. I bagged maybe like four, four, four foot, 4,000 footers. I don't know. Um, but awesome. I do. <laughs> I do enjoy hiking. Um, I've gotten really into bread baking. That's I'm, I'm a sourdough quarantine. Okay, that was my next question was, well, what yeah, kind of bread? Totally. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of bread baking. Um, I have, um, I've always been interested in photography and have been wanting to, I, I need to get a new camera and I've been wanting to, um, kind of dive into that a little bit more. Um, I also, I used to be really into creative writing and that's something that I've been thinking about getting back into. And I'm not sure what that's gonna look like, but that's something that I'm thinking about getting into. Um, I'm trying to think, what else do I do for fun? I don't know, I just work, I work a lot. <laughs> and this year has been mostly, mostly working, which I know not everybody can say. And I'm, I'm really lucky that I've been able to work through this entire year, but it's, it's mostly been work. <laughs> Have you found that to be other than obviously the, the bigger picture context of that being a blessing? Mm -hmm. uh, have you found that to be a drag or something that you are able to understand and appreciate and enjoy because of, you know, there will be times in life when one maybe isn't working as hard or, you know, like there's ebbs and flows to life. And so you, in my opinion, you kind of have to choose to find enjoyment and peace in whatever ebb and or flow that you're in at the moment. So I'm kind of curious, you know, have you, have you found this process in your life over the last year to be at a point where you can enjoy it and appreciate it, even if it is a lot of work or have you found it to be kind of a mental drag and you're not, you know, you definitely don't enjoy it and don't want to go back and want to change what you're doing. I, I really do enjoy what I do. I get, I get fulfillment from it for sure. I always feel like I've accomplished something and I feel like I'm actually doing something that's helping people, um, both in my day job and my business. But I also do find it hard um, to not have as much time outside of that to develop these other interests um, when it comes to answering questions like this. I want to have a cool answer and I don't right now. And um, I think having worked so much, it has challenged me to, um, I don't know, I, I would like at some point to not have to work as much and be able to develop interests that aren't related to my work. Um, and I think at this point, working so much can be a negative thing because it creates kind of a, a mentality of, when I'm not working, I don't feel like I'm being productive and I don't feel like my time is being spent in a useful way. It's like, oh my gosh, what's my purpose if I'm not working? Um, but that's purely something that's kind of grown out of having worked. And I know that that's not the truth. Um, so eventually I am hoping to carve out some time in order to develop interests that are kind of outside of all of these things. Um, I have been working out lately and that's been fun to see a change in my, I've never had much upper body strength. It's coming <laughs> and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. 
gonna weave some big blankets and like Absolutely. show them who's boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So kind of the, one of the big overarching um, questions that I'm curious about in, in, in starting to, to, to wind this down is when, and, and you mentioned it or alluded to it earlier, which is kind of deciding on deciding between paths. And I'm curious what that process as someone who's more creative, right. Than, for instance, I am, um, I, you know, I certainly have my process, um, which has a lot of different components to it, but I'm curious, what is your process for deciding between paths? And that can be specifically within business, or it can be even deciding between spending time working, you know, on, uh, in weaving or maybe doing creative writing. Right. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what are the what is like the, not necessarily the tactical component of making decisions, but like, what is your big strategic decision-making process and how does that, where does that come from? Um, and what drives that in, in your own self? Mm, that's a good question. I would say I am not a strategist by any means. I am not good at looking down the years and thinking, oh, in 10 years, this is what I want. A very general sense, I do have an idea, but I don't, based on life so far, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen next sometimes. So um, I am more likely to make a decision based on, I guess an example would be, I would not move for a move to a place I don't like for a job that I would love. I would rather live in a place that I enjoy living in and have not a great job. <laughs> That's more important to me. And so I guess when it comes to kind of deciding the path that I want to take, it's more about, okay, what is the place that I'm in? Um, who are the people I'm interacting with outside of this work and this job? And um, that shapes me more than the work that I'm doing, or it, sh it should shape me more than the work that I'm doing. Um, and so that that's a big reason why I've stayed in New Hampshire so far, kind of on a more personal note, is that um, the community here that I'm a part of is strong and it's been cool to contribute to it in different ways. Um, so in I, if I had had an opportunity to move to the big city and get a good design job, that would have been really difficult for me because it's kind of a whole different um, way of life and um, I don't know. I'm kind of more likely to, yeah, I'm more likely to make a decision based on quality of life rather than maybe a financial goal or a strategic goal. And that may not be the most mature approach, um, but just <laughs> it depends on what your goals are. And for me, I live modestly. I don't have a lot of crazy expenses. Um, I'm just living life, paying off debt, uh, <laughs> just, uh, doing the best I can day by day. And, um, I'm, I'm really blessed to be where I am right now and maybe not have to worry about some things that other people have to worry about. But um, yeah, I'm, now I'm forgetting what the question was. <laughs> no, 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 you're totally answering it. What, what relative to, or what, I guess I should say, why is it that, for instance, quality of life is more important to you? Do you feel like that comes from your more creative, you know, connection with with life and maybe maybe you're more empathic and you you know there's more soul to what you're doing versus maybe more brain or whatever you know if someone's like crunching numbers right at the city you know so why is that something that that weighs more heavily f for you mm, absolutely yeah i think it comes from the creative side and maybe the feelings side and I, I can be a pretty emotional person and I sometimes do make decisions based on, you know, how, how am I going to feel about this rather than the practical, okay, this is the best decision and this is something that you should do for a while. Um, and I have experienced that uh, with choosing to go back to school. That was something that was uncomfortable and took away a lot of um, just like me time or time spent with friends or time spent doing things that were fun. And that was a decision that was a little more calculated in that um, if I wanted a full-time job at this place, I needed to have a degree. Um, so that was something that I worked towards and I accomplished. And um, it's one of the few instances where I haven't really made a decision based on, oh, is this something that's going to really affect my ability to invest in other people 
or have time to invest in other people. Um, and that's something that I do have more time for now um, because I have a job that's more flexible because I got the degree to get the job. And so, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess there have been instances where I've strategized a little bit, but looking back, it didn't seem like it at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's part of our, everyone's journey in, in growth. It, it hopefully progress in progressing forward. Um, you know, to some extent or another, I think there, my perspective is that there's, there's a few things. And first of all, there's the decision that we're making relative to the things that we think are important today. Right. And then there is, are the things that we think we will learn by going through it. And then there are like the unknown, unknown things that we learn maybe subconsciously and we don't even realize it until a year or two or five later. And mm -hmm. then there are the things that, you know, are, actually encouraging us to go back maybe and make decisions or, or not necessarily go back, but if we were to go back, make, make a different decision the next time and that sort of thing. Um, one of the, one of the ways that I, I don't know if it's an actual life hack, but one of the ways that I try and do that is I try and ask myself what, if in five years I've gone through this, what do I think looking back, I will have learned. Uh, because, and I did, I actually started doing this in college because mm. I had a few different, um, relationships with different people and there were elements to it. Just like, it was like really hard and going, one of my ways of trying getting through hard situations is, is to now focus on like, well, what do I feel like I could or should be learning regardless of what I think of the situation, regardless of what the other person is doing or not doing in the situation, or, you know, to use that specific example, um, mm -hmm. And I think it helped me get outside of the emotional turmoil and issues that I would have mm -hmm. experienced that, you know, would have been a part of just kind of walking with my head down and looking at my feet. Um, so that's, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of going through that process. And, you know, sometimes you make X and Y decisions and then you end up in a position that you're better for just by the nature of having walked out that path. So um, but it's, uh, super interesting to hear the, the creative aspects of, you know, what you prioritize. And, um, I've been in a different position in a lot of ways. I moved across the country from my family who I love deeply <laughs> and mm -hmm. I've been here for a little, about eight and a half years, I think. Oh, wow. And, you know, my plan was originally to go overseas. Um, so I wasn't even going to be sort of close. Um, and like there are various elements to that decision that I understand I am putting aside various aspects of things that I care about for the sake of the things that other things that I care about, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like where I want to get and be eventually. And in, in terms of um, being able to take care of and provide for my family and my parents and all stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. um, so I, I totally can relate and, and understand, even though it's a different, a different pathway. So, um, all right. So final question, which isn't really a question for me, but if people are interested in finding you and checking you out, then what is the best way for them to do so? Um, okay. If you want to see more of the personal side and some really awkward stories and videos, Instagram. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. I, it, whenever you say that on, you say that every single time you post something on your story or whatever, I'm like, you say it every other time. Maybe you, you gotta have more confidence. That's That's good. Gotta, okay. Let's blame this on being the oldest child in my <laughs> type a complex. You need to do everything perfectly the first time. So we'll just blame that. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Melody Falone Design. Or um, if you want to see kind of the more professional side and see past work that I've done and um, look at the services that I offer and the print shop with the plant stickers, you can go to um, uh, MelodyFalone.com. So those are the two best ways to kind of get to see what I offer and what I do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melody. I really appreciated this conversation and appreciated being able to to learn more about you because even though we've worked together and there are elements to the, the you know the quick 30 minute conversation, I was like, hey, tell me about yourself real quick. <laughs> we need to make a decision. 
Um, it was, and even having followed you for a while, there's like some, some additional depth there that, that I got to be a part of. So, um, yeah. so thank you. And thank you for being willing to, you know, be a, an early uh, podcast guest and a little bit of a Guinea pig still working <laughs> on my, uh, my, uh, well, practicing my, this new skill set. Um, so there's only so much you can learn. Then you got it from YouTube and Google, then you kind of have to go do it. So <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's been great to chat with you, Britton, and you did a great job with all the questions. And um, I was really excited to do this. And it was very stretching for me as well. So I appreciate that challenge. <laughs> good, good. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We will catch you next time. Bye.